So the thing about time is I can't... I can't. My grandma's about to turn 90 and I can't talk to her about the passing of time because she's like, fuck you. Uh, yeah, yeah, she's like, <laughs> she's like, I am time. <laughs> In a world where comedians pitch fake movie ideas, this is Basic Pitches. I'm here with Masood Milas. Hello. He's a comedian and uh, a writer. And uh, I saw you, Masood, at uh, the Bill Murray. Yes. I came to the Bill Murray. I found you incredibly funny and charismatic. Oh, thank you. And so I approached you afterwards yes. uh, to be on Basic Pitches. The show that you are hosting, uh, you, 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 there's no fee. Yes. You donate what you think yeah, at the was end, value yeah. for money. So I gave you what I thought would be a little sweetener. <laughs> so I, I, think I, I think I spent more than anyone else in that room. Yeah. Wow. I gave you a cool twenty. Yeah, pounds. that was pretty. To be fair, I think you did actually. Yeah. No, I'm sure people. Uh, it was worth more than twenty pounds. If you could ever catch one of Masood's, uh, you were comparing that night. Yes. You do. Your, you do own stuff. Yeah. But so uh, yeah, I do stuff around town, and and I'm doing a show uh, in September at the Bill Murray. So uh, yeah, come see that. <laughs> oh, fantastic! All right, we'll get onto that later. Um, so yeah, welcome to Basic Pitches. Oh, thanks for having me, man. Before we get onto your pitch, I have yeah. some. Movie-based questions. Go for it. Um, the first movie that you had on in the background whilst making love. Oh. Um, <laughs> now, the reason I ask this is because most people that I know, music is the thing. Yeah. I never really listened to music, so I always had a, vi- a video or a You DVD know, a movie. Oh, okay. We didn't, it wasn't in the background. We, we paused Back to the Future. <laughs> and then... <laughs> Got to uh, it. Yeah, got to it. Got it to warp speed. Yeah. Oh, no, <laughs> Go up to 88 miles an hour. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> we are really going back that's into as my fast past as you here. Go. That's as fast as you go. That's you at max cap. <laughs> that is 88 miles an hour. Did you have an old professorial man in the room as yes. well going, quick, faster? <laughs> <laughs> we don't have enough room to go up to 88. <laughs> Get out of here. What are you talking about? <laughs> Oh, oh Back to the Future. Uh, <clears throat> That's uh, thing is that I, I would like to put a. T- I'm, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna pry. Yeah. Uh, when I said to my friend, I was like, I'm gonna ask, because this is essentially a Netflix and chilling question yes, in many ways, right. but pre-Netflix, because it's timeless. That could be. That could have been yesterday. That could have been 20 years it ago. Exactly. So you have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I think also that kind of question gets a feel of who you're talking to, because the movie. I think. Uh, that movie that that you would have had on the background, that anyone would have had on the background, tells you who that person is, kind of, and where they're what they're about. I think, anyway. The first film that you pretended you'd seen to be cool. Oh, I think it was um, Days and Confused. Right. Yes. No, I totally remember that. Yeah. Like was, you hadn't seen it. Yeah. You do. Or they quote the film, and you just nod. Yeah. And they're looking at you to quote it as well, and you go. Yep. <laughs> yeah, they get. The, I get older. They stay the same age. age yeah, yeah, you're like. Oh, yeah. I think I heard somebody else say that. Yeah. yeah. I always found you could always tell the person who hadn't seen it who pretended to see it because they could only quote the most quotable kind of, bits of yeah, it. Yeah, it's like it's the it's the pop fiction problem. Although there's so many in pop fiction, actually, it's harder to catch people out. But when they yeah. go, "What does Marcellus look like?" or if any of Samuel L's speech, I always think if that's your go-to bit. Yeah. Oh, you've just watched the YouTube clip. Yeah, you haven't. Like really, because that's not that's not even nearly the best line in that movie. So I always kind of get I'm like, nah, you're not a real fan. What do you say? Is a, I I know what my favorite line of that is. What's your favorite line? Uh, my favorite line is um, 
I don't think Buddy Holly's much of a waiter. And it's like, uh, maybe we should have sat in the Monroe section. What do you mean? There's two Monroes. No, there isn't. That is Marilyn Monroe. That is Mamie Van Dorham. And I don't know where James Man- Jane Mansfield is. She must have the night off or something. I just th- That's that, great. That, there's something about Travolta's observation when he's high on heroin. Yeah. <laughs> I just find that. That's, no, that's, a, that's a, such a good... I, mine is when they're... Uh, I think it's Marcellus Wallace, and he's like, um, if... I want I want a nigger hiding in a bowl of um, rice in Indochina waiting to pop out, bust a gun in his ass. I'm just like, just that imagery is so funny. <laughs> the idea of like so somebody just popping out of a bowl. <laughs> um, no, you're right. I think no, that's oh, well, totally actually, it. Do you, yeah, maybe. Um, oh God, this, yeah. When Marcellus is uh, oh the bit where I mean it's pretty, it's grim, but you know when he's after the rape scene and he's standing yeah. there and he's just like. You hear me, bu- hill bully boy? Oh yeah, I ain't done with you by a damn sight. <laughs> and when he goes, I'm gonna get medieval on your ass. <laughs> oh, that's I just so think, good. I just think, he, well, well, he's had a really traumatic experience, and yeah. so to be that uh, erudite, <laughs> completely. It's so. It's like either this has happened before, and he's like, <laughs> yeah. he knows what he's doing, or. He's like, yeah, I know how to deal with it. Just like, just compartmentalize. I don't know which is more disturbing. Yeah. <laughs> the fact that you just like push it down yeah. <laughs> or like, yeah, he's been in something similar. Uh, no, you're right. You could totally catch them out. I think Pulp Fiction is absolutely the one that uh, is so hard to catch anyone out of because it's so yeah. quote. And then like, it also falls into like pop culture lexicon because it's been parodied and stripped apart and rebuilt so many times in so many different ways across all of pop culture that like you've pretty much seen it if you haven't seen it and I think that's yeah it makes that a little bit uh, I guess difficult if that's your thing and you want to catch someone out and and being cool of not seeing a film I think I should I I, I don't no, I don't, I'm, I don't, no I mean, I'm, I'm saying that's no, what no, no. Is, but, but I, so, I mean, I don't do that anymore. I mean, I let you, you know, I let you live. <laughs> so, if you, if you, so no, I was I, totally that I, guy. I don't I go chop busting at a party. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. <laughs> what, do that line again, and then like it's like a kind of Joe Pesci thing. It's like no, do the line again. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh no, man. I don't want to do it again. Say the line. So and yeah. then I, I'm like, that's not it. <laughs> that isn't the line. You haven't seen it. They're like, leave it, James. No, motherfucker, <laughs> he hasn't seen it. <laughs> Then a friend comes over and be like, hey, here's a... Who is this fucking guy hanging over me? This is like a oh, fucking vulture over oh, you here. you want in on this, huh? You've seen that fucking movie? <laughs> I him. Hey, American. I hey like, James, I just, we're just having it. I just... I quoted the movie. I just wanted to... Hey, what, what's wrong? You've seen the movie? I quoted the movie. Yeah, you've seen the movie. You've seen the fucking movie. Now do the line again. <laughs> Goes full Pesci on him. Yeah. Me and my girlfriend have this running joke where if we ever meet a celebrity... Uh, we have to like cite them on their least famous film. So like if we met someone like, let's say Hugh Jackman, be like, oh my God, Kate and Leopold. <laughs> like, no, 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 come on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know who I am. Yeah, right? yeah you're in Kate and Leopold. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> Pretend to be chappy. Yeah. Be like, I, I was the South African robot. Which is like, yeah. Oh, um, chappy. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, come on. You know who I am. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Action. Action. The film that I was on was uh, that Peter Pan film that they released like in 2015. Uh, Pan? Yeah. With Hugh Jackman? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that'd be there we go. There, there. <laughs> I didn't get to say that to him. I wish I did. Hey. They'd be like, hey, Kate and Leopold. I wish I did. Um, but like the word on the set of that was, 
That's uh, the Joe Wright movie, I think. Yes, that's one. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Who I met, actually. He's a really nice guy. I felt bad for that film. Uh, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't want to get us off track, but it, 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 it was like, um, there's not many bombs anymore. There's, like, they, there's this theory that some movies are just too big to fail. Yeah. The, the promotion of it, the cast, it'll kind of recoup. It, it will find a way of being a hit. Completely. Um, but that really wasn't that like... Um, it's a real shame because that was the plan. They were going to do a franchise of that film. Uh, and it kind of didn't really... Because it was like an origin story. What were you in Pan? You were I was like a, a pirate. pirate. I yeah. was about to say. Um, yeah. I'm on screen for about 12 seconds. That's quite long. Um, I think I think that might be total time. <laughs> As in, not like, I think we timed it. And I was like, that's about 12 seconds. Oh, I was going to say, like, I don't know any oh, extra. The camera isn't on, on me for 12 <laughs> seconds. That'd be no, brilliant. No, no, not at all. But I, uh, yeah, that was because there, you know, and, and we'd, I was very lucky that, so like we do stuff with principal cast. I mean, they were obviously like far away from us, but like scenes with principal cast and then scenes with um, the second unit. And it was interesting to see the two different styles. Like obviously, you know, there's a two different directors and it's my only time I've worked with a Hollywood type director and the B unit of that. But like, it was interesting to see how they both worked. Joe Wright being very much like, right, we've got to get this done. And the B unit kind of just fussing over a lot of small little things of just like things that were like, are you, you know, you've got extras here and you're, what are you doing? Like there's, it's a shot that will be in the film for like a second. If I found out the shot got cut um, and a shot that like most of the people aren't even in, but we fussed over the shot for like three hours. And I think, I guess to go back to my point, to kind of go back to the, the kind of nexus of this is like, yeah, there's the intention of what you want to do, and then there's the actual outcome. And you just have to make peace with the outcome not being quite what you intended, and then working around that. And I think that's what ends up happening, is that like, that was what the film was going to be. It was going to be this franchise, and it didn't. And everyone just had to kind of had to pick up their socks and move on. But the intention of it being a franchise was all there. All the setup was there. Like, there were... I remember watching it. Some of it didn't make it into the film, but like trying to set up this thing of the origin story of Peter Pan and and uh, Captain Hook and all that stuff. Mm. It's interesting when the reality of that hits yeah. and everyone goes, shit. <laughs> yeah. Like we have to do something else now. Oh, that didn't work. Yeah. We're going to pause there for just a second. We'll be right back with Masood after a word from this week's sponsor. Little Timmy's excited because he's just opened issue one of the Build Your Own Street Lamp, a 22-issue magazine that will help you stick one up the borough council who keep neglecting your country lane. You'll learn about sodium lamps and monochromatic light and the best ways to remove profane language or explicit images daubed by teenagers and the poor. Issue 7 will provide a low-voltage stun gun just in case you're lucky enough to catch the little bastards doing it. Learn about the Victorian gas lamps and the French pioneers who brought artificial illumination to Paris. Order all 22 issues now for a discounted price of just £8,000. Issue 1 comes with a step-by-step guide to getting on the planning application register. Right, welcome back to Basic Pictures. Uh, Masood Marlis is here, the man who... Uh, my cinematic knowledge is just pales so much in comparison to yours. Emergency question. A movie that influenced your style, Masood? Oh, that's a good question. Um... I'd have to say... Oh, by the way, he's... Uh, uh, if you, you'll be listening to this, but you might see a picture of me. Masood has a... a I, I, I guess a, a look. In fact, you're, le- you're not wearing a leather jacket No, not today. today. No, it's a bit hot. He so. has this very 
I mean, uh, Jimi Hendrix is a is is the, I haven't said that, but that's the that's like the vibe a lot of people Jimi go Hendrix for. Yeah, comedy. Uh, with the sideburns and the leather jacket. Yeah. Um, I'd say I'm gonna cheat slightly, and it wasn't a movie; it was actually a TV show. Uh, the TV show Life on Mars. Have you seen that show? Mm. It's with um. What's his name? John Sim. Oh, John Sim. Yeah, so John Sim is in it. So the premise of that show is, yeah, Cop wakes up uh, back in the 70s and... Uh, oh, Philip Glenister was in the sequel, wasn't he? Was he's in both. Oh, he is? Yeah. Oh, okay. And... Uh, so Life on Mars and then there was... Ashes to Ashes, yeah, both of which, which are Bowie songs. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, so that was the show because I watched that and um, yeah, the leather jacket and the whole 70s vibe and I was like, I really, I really dig that. I don't know why I was just... It just it really spoke to me that I went like, yeah, leather jacket. Yeah. I don't, I have several pairs of cowboy boots, but I don't wear them much anymore because they are quite like, it's quite a thing wearing cowboy boots all the time. Like, yeah. Build killer calves. Um, <laughs> and uh, I, I would like them. Oh, yeah. No, no, get, oh, get, yeah. Get yourself a pair of cowboy boots. Also, when you walk into a pub and they jingle. Oh, that clanking. You know, I really like that aesthetic of like that. <coughs> Yeah. I really, yeah. there's something so powerful about that. And I think that's kind of what drew me to, to color. Yeah. Is that that's the sound that you hear when someone walks into a room, you hear that clank, clank, yeah. clank. And there's something kind of quite, maybe it's quite showy and ego driven, but it's, <coughs> it's quite cool, isn't it? Yeah. So, um, Masood. Yes. Basic pitches. Comedians pitching a fake film idea. Yes. So here we go. So this is Masood's basic pitch. Okay, so let's, let, we'll start with. Let's start. With, we, we, we can make it. We don't have to. It we'll doesn't make have it. to be intense. What's the? What's the? What's the? So what's the overall plot? The overall plot is. Uh, so the film is called Ernesto E. Ramon, right? And it's a police procedural film set on the island of Menorca. Um, so Ramon is an English-speaking cop who is whisked over to Menorca to work with Ernesto, who's a prickly, hot-tempered, very Mediterranean cop. Kind of think like Miami Vice. Kind of with like maybe that film The Other Guys is the kind of humor for it. So it's kind of a little offbeat. And uh, so, oh, that's right. So the reason um, he's sent over is because somebody got close to a drug ring and they got murdered, right? Uh, but we didn't know that it was, um, I think it's Ramon's cousin. Yes, it's Ramon's cousin who got murdered. So he goes over to investigate and gets partnered up with Ernesto, who's the kind of like prickly, like against, like doesn't abide by the rules cop. And who's been working the case for years and annoyed that he's been partnered up with this new guy who's right. come over. Um, Ramon? Ramon is, is annoyed. Oh, no, no, uh, Ernesto, who's the, who's the Menorcan cop, he's is the annoyed. Ernesto's the native cop. And yes, then, and, and Ramon, Ramon, is, Ramon is, the, uh, is the American. I think I is should... Is he American? Yes, I think I should maybe make him make his name like Brad or something so it's easier to determine yeah, the two. I was going to say, we're going to call they, him Brad. Or, or we could have the first proper Hispanic uh, Actually, yeah, maybe. Movie, or there probably already is one. Maybe we, if we have them both as, yeah, like. Because if he's called Chet, then he's just going to be, that's like annoying. Yeah, it's just going to be, yeah, it's just going to be him like doing that trope of like, you don't understand how police policing works in our part of the world, which is kind of what I wanted to step away from. So maybe, I think you're right, maybe we'll go for, um, they're both uh, Spanish cops, but one's from the mainland and the other one's on the island, and it's like, that's the difference of like, island versus mainland yeah. copping, yeah, <laughs> um, okay. policing. So I started writing this like about a year ago, and I never, I don't think I ever finished it, but I'm, I wanna kinda read out some of the, 
how I even was thinking about how to film it. So we open with a woman being murdered, intercut with some intense flamenco dances, dancing. So like this is the the cousin of Brad who's been murdered because she's gotten close to this drug ring. And as the dancing increases in intensity, the murder gets close. The murderer gets closer to the victim until the crescendo, where it leaves the victim dead. So it's like you know, you see the final stamp of the flamenco dancer. Yeah, yeah. And then like cut to the person yeah, dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like John Woo would be yeah, great. Yeah, that kind of, oh, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> John Woo, maybe, maybe Robert Rodriguez in there, I don't know, yeah, maybe yeah, a bit yeah. of that. And um, That's great, that's great. I'm really there. So know. he's, uh, so and she's we, the cousin. Getting the flavor of the, you know, of it's, the, it's hot, it's a hot night. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, you can see like the sweat, like yeah, just yeah, bouncing yeah. off the people. Um, so she's the, so the victim, uh, her, her connection, she's the cousin of star detective, we're gonna call him Brad Garcia who is currently residing in New York with a fantastic uh, arrest record, attention to detail, dedicated but not a total <laughs> stiff. His cool head allows him to take charge of a situation with resulting uh, the most drastic action. Some of this doesn't make any sense because I wrote it really quickly. That's okay. So he gets the call, makes a request to be transferred um, over to Menorca because he, he knows that this is his uh, cousin so to investigate this case. So he arrives in Menorca, teamed up with Ernesto Martinez, hot-tempered, short-fused cop who speaks English with a thick accent and uses less than conventional methods to get the job done. Of course he <laughs> does. Of course he does. Um, Ernesto's can, can we have a montage sequence of him kind of doing some of oh, his yeah, work? Oh, yeah, yeah, Like kicking down you know, doors, like punching people <laughs> in the throat, uh, slamming book, um, phone books across people's faces. I suspect you don't want it as cheesy as this, but like in Die Hard 4.0, can you throw a grenade down the corridor and go, that'll wake the neighbors? Yeah, absolutely. Uh -huh, yeah, <laughs> oh, no. I'm 100% behind the things like that. Yeah, so he'll, oh, yeah, totally things like um, uh, he has, one of my favorite jokes, it's such a dumb joke. Every time we watch uh, a film that has like the, that battering ram, like people have a battering ram and batter in a door. Yeah. Always love the idea of like just writing knock knock on the front of it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that <laughs> kind of stuff. That's, that's, uh, yeah, that's very David Leach. Just, yeah, just John the, Wick and poof, yeah. yeah. They make them hyper real. It's kind of like a, it's almost this really, like the knock knock on the, on the front of the battering ram. It's like, would anybody actually do that? Yeah, no. But it, it no. feels very much like with Tipex, like slowly. Like, yeah, exactly. Hey, yeah. hey, John, are you coming? Yeah, one second. One moment. Knock. <laughs> oh, Knock. I'm gonna love this. This job requires stealth. This is the audio-assisted commentary of a Jason Statham movie by me, Jason Statham. This scene starts with a crash zoom close-up of my beautiful bald head. I will pick one of my three indistinguishable facial expressions, incredulous, disbelieving or confused, and have a one-liner at the ready. Something like, I'm what you might call a champagne problem, before being you up with a bottle of champagne. The post-production sound engineers will provide that satisfying dunk sound. I might approach an assailant in an airplane toilet and say, what's wrong, you looked all flushed, before an elaborate enclosed space dust-up ensues, finishing with his head covered in hand sanitizer. Alternatively, I might be about to start a punch-up in the dairy aisle of a supermarket and say, think I've cracked it as I bust half a dozen eggs over your nuts. I'm essentially Roger Moore-era James Bond for men who love football factory. It's all in a day's work for the Jean-Claude White van man. So Ernesto's been working the Rodriguez drug ring, so we've named the drug ring now, an operation with a cartel group that has been using Menorca as a stopgap to ship their drugs through to other countries. Um, oh yeah, that's because I was reading a book about drug smuggling at the time. Um, so he believes that um, Brad's cousin was murdered because she somehow caught wind of the operation, but Ernesto is hiding something. Ooh. Mm -hmm. So uh, Brad and Ernesto start 
they work. They start working together. They start canvassing, kind of like trying to fi find out about this this drug ring. They kind of been like, like no one really cares about it at the station. They just kind of like they sort of do. It's sort of like a bit of a, a narco's type feel where they're like, you know, they're the DEA and they've been asked to do it, but they're kind of actively but sort of passively told to sort of ignore it because like that's the way it is. You're never gonna catch this drug ring. You're never gonna figure it out. Right. 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 So. There's not a huge, huge incentive. Yeah, exactly, right? Yeah. So they meet, um, they meet Anna, who uh, catches Brad's eye and gives him some intel on the case. And then there's a meetup that's happening that night. So they decide to head out on their own, stake it out, no way for backup. They've got this great killer intel. And lo and behold, she was right. They report back to the chief, who kind of like is a bit angry that they've gone over the chief's head, like they didn't file all the right paperwork. Like... It's strange. The, the police and all of the people who they're working for only care about correct procedure. Like, you, you know, you're a bit suspicious of that because, like, why would you care about, you know, this is a big drug ring. They're using our country as a... <coughs> yeah, as a and, and they're using un, uh, uh, unlawful methods. Yeah. Why, why, can't we, why can't we just go and bust these guys? And they're like, no, you've got to do the right paperwork, you guys. You know, this is, you're just running out on your own. You're like a goddamn one-man, two-man army. Yeah. That kind of thing. So uh, it's a goddamn dog and pony show. Yeah, that's <laughs> oh, that line's going in there, absolutely. And um, so then uh, Brad gets a text from Anna and meets her. The clocking off after work, they grab a drink. Things get heated. They go back to hers. He leaves the next morning with some more intel, right? So and also thinking that he's he he thinks that he's working Anna. That's totally not the case. Okay. So she wasn't just some innocent victim. She was actually working. She was trying to get some information, and she got uh, she was discovered, which is why um, she was killed. And Anna, who um, Brad thinks is you know helping him out, is actually um, working for the drug ring. And uh, she double crosses our heroes, but plants the seed of doubt into Brad's mind about the cousin being undercover, and drives a wedge between Ernesto and Brad. Oh, and nice. they've got, that's their big conflict that they have to sort out between each other. So she kind of says like, that's you know, the third like she act. yeah, that's the third act is them sorting that out. Them trying to figure out like, yeah, that's it. Cause it splits them apart. Terrific. So, uh, remind me of the title. Um, so far, you know what? I'm, I'm actually open to this title being changed because we've all, not only have we changed the, the main character's name, I'm not exactly married to the title. It was originally called Ernesto E. Ramon, meaning like Ernesto and Ramon. Um, but I'm not married to it. I think um, I'm not entirely sure what I want to call it. The Menorcan Connection? I mean, that seems to be the only thing that's jumping out at me when I look over it again. Why Menorca, by the way? You got a connection to the... We, it's just where we were when we were on this, where I started writing it. So it was a friend's wedding. Again, I was reading a lot of and obsessing a lot of uh, 80s drug culture at the time, like people smuggling drugs and um, the whole thing of Miami skyline being built on blood money. I think that was what was in my head when I was there. I was feeling very much like, oh, wouldn't it be crazy if you visited this kind of small island place that was, you know, perhaps in, in Central or South America, that was built basically around that. Even if you're doing it through the dark web, there you go, if we modernize the story. Oh, yeah. Then that's a way that Dark Menorca. Dark Menorca. Oh, I like that. That's not bad, that's is it? That's good. Yeah. That's a solid title right there. Okay. Yeah. Right. Let's cast it. Okay. Um, wow. We've got to cast Brad and And Ernesto. Ernesto. 
Um, I mean, I got to have Benicio Del Toro as Ernesto. I got to because okay. he's, I mean, yeah, from his, his great work in Sicario, he's got to be that guy. Yeah, yeah, he has. And he's, and he's got the grizzled kind of thing for it. Brad is going to be, who have I got that's really, I'm trying to think of somebody like not quite super clean cut, but has got, you know, oh, maybe somebody like, maybe somebody like Josh Brolin. Yeah. I was going to go a bit younger. He's a smart, he's a kind of upper middle class guy, yes, right? Yeah. I, what I got the impression was that he's a little bit, not smarmy, but he's quite successful. He's done quite well. Yeah. He wears a nice watch. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. 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 I was going to go down like the Topher Grace route, but. but just, oh, wow. You know, I re- I've always had this desire to reinvent. I mean, Topher Grace. I like Topher Grace. I, you know what? You know, he's, he's, when he played Venom, I thought, yeah, man, he's got this. I quite like, there's something. I could, I could, you know what? I could see. But don't take my, you know, I'm just spitballing. Topher Grace is an interesting one because like I saw him in the, in the latest episode of Black, Black Mirror. Mirror. Yeah. He's great in that. Yeah. I just like him. He's just good. It's, yeah. I, I, when I see him on screen, I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Starring Topher Grace and Benicio, Benicio Del Toro. Toro. I mean, that's that's a hell of a combo. I want to see their chemistry. In Dark Menorca. In Dark Menorca. Oh, hell yeah. Okay. Yes. He's also great in Predators, uh, Topher Grace. Real dark in that film. Everyone knows I love Fassbender. He's my, he's my favorite human. Well, he's my favorite human. He's the human I'd like to be. Yeah. He's great. I was wondering whether he'd be cast, but actually, should we stick, should we stick with Topher? I, I don't want to cast Topher. it on no, your I behalf. Like, I like Topher. I think... Topher. Did you have anyone else in mind? To be fair, I was kind of hoping that someone would jump into my head. In fact, it'd be interesting to see. I, you know what? I'm going to pitch a Fassbender and Topher Grace because I would be interesting to see Fassbender as a. I'd like to see him in that role. Mm. Interesting to see him as that kind of because he is good. He's, He's great. Just great in everything. He'd bring a depth to it. Yeah. He's got that great smile too. Actually, you know what? I think I'm going to go with Fassbender oh, on really? this one. Okay. Yeah. Starring Michael Fassbender. And Benicio del Toro in Dark Menorca. Yes, yes, fantastic. And a strap line. So uh, Michael Fassbender and Benicio del Toro star in the in the in the cop drama Dark Menorca. Yeah. And on the poster, we're gonna have. Oh yeah, yeah. The the logline. So um, when the sun goes down, things about to get dark. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. That's literally the first thing that came yeah. to my head. That's also kind of literally what happens. Yes. <laughs> If they get along, they get out. Let's if they get along, they get out. I like yeah, that. Let's let's yeah. Let's go with that. Yeah, I love it. Okay, Masood, thank you so much. Thank you so much. This was great. I, I can't tell you how much fun I've had. This is br- I've it, had a lot of fun. This is really like, great. Like, oh, uh, now you have two ways of promoting. Your ah, yes. Show. You can either do it in a commercial. Yeah. Because I don't have a sponsor, so I like <laughs> to put in fake ones. And I think it'd be funny if you just want to do one. Yeah. Uh, as in, I'll be like, we'll be right back after this. Yeah. You could just do do one, or you can just uh, you can just tell me about um, your live show. Oh, I don't even have a name for the show. It's just called like Masood Miles Work in Progress oh, at okay. the Bill Murray. All right, um, which is basically it. I'm I'm literally just working stuff out for my new show, which I'll probably do next year. I don't think I'll take it to the fringe, but um, yeah, that's the show. Okay. It's just a work in progress. Eh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so in this September. This September, so that's uh, September the seventeenth, I believe, at six forty-five at the Bill Murray. Okay. Um, do go on my Instagram because I'll probably post it up there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, go on. Where, what's your handle? Uh, Masood uh, is my is my Instagram. That's probably more likely where you'll find me. Go to Masood's Instagram page. Follow him. Enjoy him. 
uh, there's only one of him. And uh, September at the Bill Murray. I'll, I'll come. I oh, can't thanks, wait. Thanks, man. I can't oh, wait. That sounds great. Oh, thank you, dude. And thanks for doing this. Thank you for having me. This was a lot of fun. Here comes the theme tune. <laughs> Basic Pitches. Podcast to have you in stitches. Basic Pitches. You've heard of films with some really bad ideas, like Night and Day with Tom Cruise and Cameron Diaz. So once a week, we'll be chatting with a comedian, getting in the groove and improve the movie medium. Thing is, most stories have a stupid premise, like The Phantom Menace, or films about tennis. Basic pitches, comedic riches. Basic pitches. A podcast to have you in stitches. Basic pitches.